RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. The government says it expects a record-breaking deficit for this financial year due to COVID-19. The vice chair of the Basic Law Committee urges people to sign up for the government's free coronavirus test. As officials announced that as of 11 a.m. this morning, nearly 350,000 people had already registered for the scheme. Chief Secretary Matthew Jung says the government is expecting to record its highest ever deficit for this financial year as the COVID-19 outbreak deals an unprecedented blow to the local economy. In his blog, Mr. Jung says the government is preparing to roll out another round of epidemic relief measures, but the administration will use public money prudently. He says there will be appropriate measures to help affected businesses and citizens overcome the challenges. The vice chair of the Basic Law Committee, Maria Tam, has urged people to take advantage of the universal COVID-19 testing scheme to help get the SAR returned to normality well before Christmas. She says the citywide testing scheme, which will see 141 testing sites around Hong Kong, staffed by thousands of medical professionals, will help the city recover from the pandemic and kickstart the economy. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, Mrs. Tam says mainland support will be vital, but the SAR needs to get the outbreak under control first. This is a joint effort to restart Hong Kong. So if we get tested, we have the result in a couple of days and we shall return to normalcy well before Christmas. Businessmen, professionals, students, holidaymakers, tourists will all be crisscrossing the border. Our towns and business along the entire border will come to life again. So every one of us should walk that extra mile to take the test and put the buzz back in our city. The government says that as of 11 a.m. this morning, 340,000 people had registered for the virus test. Officials say over 40 testing sites have already been fully booked and authorities will decide whether or not to extend the scheme, depending on the public's response. Meanwhile, an elderly female patient has died from COVID-19 at Tunmun Hospital. This brings Hong Kong's COVID-related death toll to 88. The Secretary for Innovation and Technology, Alfred Seat, has warned that authorities will take enforcement action if people have maliciously signed someone up for the mass testing scheme without first getting their consent. He says the government has received inquiries from three people who said they've experienced this. Police in Berlin have arrested 300 demonstrators during protests against Germany's coronavirus restrictions. About 200 were arrested at one rally at which the authorities say right-wing agitators threw rocks and bottles. Earlier, the police said they had no option but to call off one protest involving an estimated 18,000 people. Andreas Geisel is Berlin's senator. I certainly would have liked to avoid scenes like this because Berlin police predicted that today would turn out like this, with thousands of people not respecting social distancing rules. That's why the protest was initially banned. How the situation developed today was predictable. Turkey has announced it will be holding military exercises in the eastern Mediterranean over the next two weeks. The move comes in the midst of tensions with neighbouring Greece and Cyprus, as the BBC's Ian McWilliam reports. Ankara broadcast a message to mariners that it would carry out gunnery exercises from Saturday in an area northwest of Cyprus. Two weeks ago, Greek and Turkish frigates collided as they shadowed a Turkish oil and gas research vessel in disputed waters. 
Ankara also says its fighter jets on Thursday intercepted six Greek jets approaching the same area. Turkey claims to the midway line of the Aegean Sea, a claim which would leave Greek islands surrounded by Turkish waters. The European Union, backing Greece and Cyprus, has said it's preparing sanctions against Turkey, prompting an angry response from Ankara. Two months before the U.S. presidential election, leading Democrats have reacted angrily to a decision by the nation's top intelligence office to stop face-to-face briefings on security and foreign interference in the vote. The BBC's Charles Haviland reports. The National Intelligence Chief, John Ratcliffe, has announced that his office will now supply written reports on election security and foreign interference, not face-to-face briefings. He said this would prevent the subject matter being politicised. The House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, and the Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, have both reacted furiously. They accuse the intelligence office of betraying the public's right to know how foreign powers were, as they put it, trying to subvert our democracy. Three weeks ago, Mr Ratcliffe's office itself said Russia, China and Iran were all trying to influence the outcome of the November vote. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Anti-racism activists in Montreal have brought down a bronze statue of Canada's first Prime Minister, Sir John Alexander MacDonald. Video on social media showed the statue's head flying off and bouncing across the pavement. The statue has long been at the centre of a debate about the historical treatment of Canada's indigenous peoples, and it's been attacked repeatedly in recent years. The crew of an overcrowded migrant ship in the Mediterranean have appealed for those who've made the crossing to be granted a place of safety after transferring their remaining passengers onto another vessel. Earlier, the Italian Coast Guard took 49 of the most vulnerable passengers from the Louise Michel, which is funded by the British graffiti artist Banksy. This report from the BBC's Richard Hamilton. At one stage, there were 219 people on board the Louise Michel. The crew of the vessel, which features a Banksy painting of a young girl holding a heart-shaped life boy, said it couldn't move safely because of an overcrowded deck. It had been stranded near the Italian island of Lampedusa, north of the Libyan coast. They said they made distress calls for nearly four hours on Friday evening, but these either went unanswered or they were told no help was available. Activists have warned that it's not over and demanded safe refuge for the survivors. For the first time, North Korea has posted a series of coded messages on YouTube. The country has broadcast similar mysterious messages over the radio since the Cold War era. Some believe the messages could simply be a ruse to irritate South Korea, while others believe they're instructions for foreign spies. The BBC's Celia Hatton has seen the video clip, which has since been removed. You can see a black screen and a series of numbers, mostly ones and zeros. And then you hear a woman's voice speaking in Korean. And she says she has a message for 719 exploration team members, tasks for information technology studies at a remote education university. And then she lists off a series of what she calls assignments, things like number 23 on page 564, number 19 on page 479. And she sort of repeats the assignments over and over again. Art lovers in New York are returning to one of the world's great galleries, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which has reopened today. Two million artifacts have been off-limits for five months owing to the coronavirus crisis. The museum's director, Max Hollein, welcomed the reopening. It's a very happy moment, I would say, for us here at the museum, for our visitors, and it's certainly also a strong signal for New York and New Yorkers. A 
big step back to normalcy here in the city. It speaks also to this current moment. I would see during this time of closure, the last five and a half months, we got so many messages and emails from our audience saying that how much they miss the Met, how much they actually now realize what a museum meant for them. Visitors to the gallery must follow predetermined routes through the rooms to minimize interaction. Sports, the Norwegian Alexander Christoff has claimed the initial yellow jersey in the Tour de France cycle race, which has been delayed for two months by the coronavirus outbreak. More details from the BBC's Drew Savage. With France experiencing a spike in coronavirus cases and the host city Nice in a red zone for COVID-19, masks and social distancing were the order of the day on a rain-soaked promenade des Anglais. A limited crowd were asked to keep two metres away from the riders, but there was excitement as 176 riders set off. Norway's Alexander Kristoff sprinted to victory on stage one to take the yellow jersey, but it remains to be seen how many riders will reach the finish line in three weeks in Paris. If two members of any team test positive for coronavirus in a seven-day period, the whole team will be eliminated. The U.S. sportswear giant Nike says it's ended its 13-year relationship with the Brazilian football star Neymar. The company said the Paris Saint-Germain player would no longer be on its books after the end of August. Brazilian media claims the association ended because the two sides couldn't agree on a pay package. The 28-year-old player will become the subject of a bidding war with other sportswear companies, although there are reports that Puma has already approached him. To end the news, our top stories once again. The government says it expects a record-breaking deficit for this financial year due to COVID-19. The vice chair of the Basic Law Committee urges people to sign up for the government's free coronavirus test, as officials announced that as of 11 a.m. this morning, nearly 350,000 people had already registered for the scheme. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by DJ. A journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> 